Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Seth Erickson of Storify Agency, who focuses on building beautiful websites that uses storytelling to communicate better with your true values to the marketplace. Hey, Seth, welcome to the show. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me. I don't think I've ever been called sec before. I've been well, called hey, Zach, sec. But... Let's get going. <laughs> Dude, tell me more about your business because using the art of storytelling is amazing. So you know, where is your business today and who are the clients that you love to work with? Um, so our business is, uh, where is it? It's, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question to answer, but um, doing well, but, um, clients that we, we love to serve is, is our startups mainly. Um, mm-hmm. I like working with, with visionaries and and people who kind of want to do things different. Um, maybe a little rebellious, maybe see the world through a different lens. Um, and I love trying to not trying to, but I love working with them to bring their story to life, like mm. to help them better explain what they do instead of using facts and figures and whatnot they um they're just you know they're just in- interesting people and they tend to have interesting stories so um i really enjoy bringing that out and um you know and most of them aren't storytellers you know they they went to school they did their thing and they're great at whatever what it, whatever it is they're doing whether it's farming or software or you know whatever um and so you know i just love helping people communicate their ideas and their vision through storytelling yeah, so these businesses, the startups that you work with, I guess they kind of they have a dream, they have a hope, they have a product, and they're just trying to find a way to to get people to resonate with what it is that they do, um, and it's your job to extract this from them to be able to, to position them in a way that people are like, oh my gosh, tell me more. Yeah, well, in in creating, I, I guess creating a deeper level of connection, right? Because mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes people will sell products and services and whatnot. And and you're just like, okay, I've seen that before. I'm familiar with that. I, you know, I don't think it's that interesting or, um, and, and so using storytelling, you can kind of start to, uh, change how people think about a product or service. Um, whereas, you know, it may seem unimportant and lifeless, but you start creating a story around it and all of a sudden it becomes relevant and valuable. (laughs) Um, and so a lot of times we say that like, we, we help people, um, define their value in the marketplace by 
telling stories, whereas oftentimes competitors aren't telling stories, right? And so we start to differentiate you. We start to help you connect with your audience at a deeper level. Um, so all those things kind of play into the using storytelling versus just writing a bunch of copy on a page. <laughs> copy for copy's sake. So yeah. where, for your clients, where are they when they when they come to you? What what state are they in? What What beliefs or what um, experiences do you have to help them to overcome to be able to help them? Um, so often we'll have clients come to us and they'll say, you know, we, we have a website, but it's terrible. Right. And it needs to be better. And, and all that is great. Like, it's like, we can fix that, but have you really thought about how you're communicating your idea? And that's usually where they're like, mm. well, I mean, we sell widgets. So we just tell people we sell widgets and I'm like, why do you sell widgets? Like, is there a story behind that? You know, um, well, you know, we, we built this widget or created this widget because of this need or problem. I'm like, well, we should talk about that. The need, yeah. the problem, right? That's the inciting incident of the story. <laughs> um, and so we kind of, uh, bring them into the idea of storytelling, um, by kind of approaching the whole situation differently than somebody else might which is, you know, in our industry, which is like, well, your website sucks. We can make you a better one. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But like, it's really, and, and it galls me to say this as a designer, it's really the words on the page that sell. <laughs> it's not how pretty the design is. That took me forever to figure out, by the way, yeah. I thought if I just made killer websites that were beautiful, won awards, everything would be great. And mm -hmm. we would do that. And our clients would be like, you know, our site's great. And I'm like, well, are you getting more business? No, but we're really happy with the website and it's like, okay, we're failing here. Like, and so that actually was what kind of drew us down the path of like, there's gotta be a better way. Like we can make beautiful websites, but if that's not helping move the client's business forward or moving the needle in their business, then we're actually not doing what we want to do, which is help other businesses succeed. Mm. Um, you know, and it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a, um, what am I trying to say here? Like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to help them grow their business, but I know that by them growing their business, that also helps me grow my business. So it's a, you know, it's a kind of a reciprocal thing. Like it's not just completely altruistic, but no, no, um, I, I, I feel exactly where you're coming from. Um, owning a marketing agency in, in the UK. Um, I was at the point where I, I love building beautiful designs and websites and user experience, but then it got to a point where it's like the results are the most important thing. What is your purpose? What are you trying to achieve? Shift in between. I don't care if it looks like a dog's dinner. If it converts and does the job, then it's right. great. But I truly believe there is somewhere in the middle that a website, a marketing, a brochure, a book, whatever it is, it can look good and also convert and do well. So these two should be able to live together. That yes. is the sounds like the beautiful place where where you guys excel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I, I think that, you know, because it's one thing to have a beautiful site, right? Like people can look at it instantly and go, okay, the site's new or these guys are relevant because their site doesn't look like it's 10 years old. Um, so there's benefits to having a beautiful site, but once they start reading the content, are they hooked? Are they interested? Do they want to read the next thing? Do they want to read your whole entire website or do they just look at it and go, okay, this looks like every other startup or contractor or, you know, whatever, right? Like, 
And so it's yeah. the story again that that differentiates that. But you know, and also what's what's in it for them? Because how do you how are you able to take the story of the the business owner, the entrepreneur, the the product, and also wrap it in the need, the desire, the pain of the, the, the potential customer coming their way. So they look at it and say, yeah, I need that. That's exactly what, I, what I'm missing. Yeah. So we, um, so, so there's three main steps in, in telling a story and it's understanding, um, like you said, that, that, that there is a pain, right? That's really why people come to you. There's some sort of pain that, that they're trying to address. And what happens is often business owners don't talk about the pain. They talk about the product or, or their solution to that pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and what we found is that when you start with the problem, instead of starting with the product, then people are more willing to listen because if they're identifying with that pain, they're starting to feel that pain a little bit to a degree. Um, then you can position your product as the solution, but what they're really interested in is the transformation on the other side of that. So mm -hmm. what does it look like when I use your product or service, right? Have I overcome this pain? And then what does my life look like when I have overcome that pain? Um, so often the product is, is kind of the bridge to help clients get where, what they act, actually want, which is they don't necessarily, you know, it's like there's the old marketing saying, nobody wants a drill, they want a hole, right? And that's quite often how a lot of services work. Like the client's looking at it going, I have a problem. And if you're not talking about the problem and showing that you understand the problem, not at a surface level, but at a deeper level. Um, then people are going to tune out and then they're only interested in the solution. Once you've explained that you understand their problem at that deeper level. And then what they're really interested in is, is that hole, right? <laughs> um, and so understanding what they're truly looking for and the transformation that they want to have on the other side of that, um, also comes from understanding what the problem is right? It's like they, they tend to be kind of the inverse of one another. Yeah. So, and, and you know that from the work that you do, because no one wants a website. Nobody wants a website. What they want is a 24 seven salesperson always talking a language that yeah. explains what it is that they do. That's always working, never sleeps, never stops. This is what they're actually wanting. And they want the result that this website can bring. So for you understanding exactly what your clients need, that was your... Yeah. Yeah, I think I could say it better. I think the the service facilitates what the client wants on the other side of that. So if you start looking at it from that perspective, it's not that it's not important. It is a, it is important, right? Because it creates that thing. But we tend to focus on the solution more than we focus on the problem. And when we tell stories, we want to focus more on the problem, getting deep into that problem, showing that we understand that problem at like multiple level, levels. So yeah. an example is... Um, you know, like uh, I was talking to a uh, psychologist and she was talking about how bad stress is. And I was like, but what else does stress do? And she's like, well, it, you know, it can harm you, your body physically, right? Like, and I was like, but what else does it do be besides that? Because most of us know stress can be bad. Um, it's not always bad, but it can be bad. If it's taken too far in a certain direction, it could be detrimental to your health, but what other things are affecting that? And she um, started talking and said, well, you know, it can mess up relationships with your spouse and your children and family members and friends. And I was like, now we're getting to a deeper level, right? Like, so when you, when you kind of start attacking things from that angle and then telling the story about how maybe you feel like 
you know, your life is uh, like you're in a house that's burning down around you, right? Now we can start to tell this, the story, use analogies, right? Tie ideas together in a in an emotional way. And the reason hmm. that we want to tie them together in, a, in an emotional way is because emotion does two things. One, it moves ideas from short-term to long-term memory. So now we're going down the, the neuroscience rabbit hole. Do uh, I love this though. And number two, it, it causes you to t- want to take action. If there's no emotion, you, you won't take any, any sort of action. And, um, there's a great example of this in, um, uh, what is the guy's name? Antonio Damasio talks about how there's this guy that had this damage to the, uh, frontal lobe and, uh, it kind of messed up his, his ability to have feelings. And so he would go to the store and he would stare at milk and he wouldn't know which one to buy because he didn't feel one way or the other about any of them. And he would stand there for 45 minutes. He just couldn't make a decision because there was no emotion pushing that decision forward like there normally would be. So again, if we want somebody to make a decision to purchase something, then we have to push on some of the emotional aspects of the problem, not trying to do it in a manipulative way, doom and gloom, that type of stuff. But we want to kind of get the the client to identify and go, yeah, I, I, I know that experience. I felt that myself. Yeah. And you guys understand that. And so you're, you're telling me I can, I can use your product or service to get through that thing. And and then you're telling me how amazing it's going to be on the other side. That is a, I mean, there's more steps to it, but like, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. I think with this, with, with the, this level of communication, it's also understanding and, and conveying those things that we don't say to anyone else, those fears or doubts or needs that we keep secret to ourselves if your business can communicate that, mm-hmm. then there's such a beautiful, powerful way of, of connecting with your brands to that challenge, to identifying as a solution. Because I've got this secret, secret thing that I know you're thinking about. I know you're going through it. And we can eloquently describe exactly what it is. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. just done, done through a story. <laughs> well, let's... Away from your clients and away from your business. Let's talk about you because, hey, dude, what what is your story behind building Storify? Um, I'll try to keep this this to a short version. So we um, ran a very successful award winning web design agency. Um, won awards. We, we actually have a Webby award behind me, um, which is probably one of the one of the top awards you can get in the industry. Um, and that was nice, but when we asked our client, like, Hey, did the new website do X, Y, Z? Did you get more signups? Did you sell more products? They said no. Um, and so it was kind of like, I felt like we were failing our clients and Uh we weren't really, um, getting it. Like I said earlier in the interview, it kind of galled me that like, I had to realize that pushing pixels around the screen wasn't what was making, uh, making clients more money. It was communicating in a better way. And so we read a lot of marketing books, branding books, took a lot of courses, did a lot of different stuff. And storytelling was kind of the, the one that felt most true to, mm. to me, I, I would say personally, the team came along. Um, cause they were like, okay, you know, like that sounds good. And I was like, storytelling, let's do that. <laughs> um, and so 
we we actually rebranded. Uh, so we used to be called Codus Agency. We rebranded re to Storyfy because Storyfy is an actual word. Some people think it's kind of like Spotify or whatnot, but it means to tell or narrate in story. And so we felt like it was more aligned with where we were at. And then we just started, you know, talking about storytelling as opposed to selling websites. So that kind of changed things. And then, um, you know, we started testing stuff out on our existing clients. We started seeing uh, bounce rates go down, uh, click-through rates go up, open rates go up, even on emails and things like that. Um, and we said, holy crap, we've got something. And that's kind of when we kind of turned the corner and said, okay, we are now actually helping our clients and we're making beautiful websites. Um, but again, you know, we wanted to... to kind of combine both those ideas of, of beauty and great communication together. And so that's kind of how Storyfy came, came about. So nice. It's fantastic. Especially as you work with startups, as you said, off, you know, offline earlier, 90% failure rates of all startups, which means mm -hmm. I don't want a beautiful site. What they need is something that's going to help their business grow and thrive. So I love that you have taken on the, the position of, I know what you need. Maybe what you want is a beautiful website, but what you need is the ability to bring in new clients, get that awareness, say mm -hmm. what it is that you do. Um, so I love that position. But let's talk about you, the business owner. What's What has been your journey through this? Because obviously with any agency, there's ups and downs and challenges and dramas as you go through. Um, what's been maybe the, the, the toughest challenge that you faced during your time as the agency owner? Um, I, I would say the pandemic, um, mainly because, you know, we were barely held, holding on by our fingernails, you know, nobody wanted to do anything. Everybody was scared. Nobody was certain about what tomorrow would, would bring. And so yeah. lots of projects ended up either being put on hold or, um, being slowed down, you know, or, um, or just going away completely. And that was stressful. And then I also, got divorced during the pandemic. That also was stressful. <laughs> um, so, you know, I kind of, kind of got a double dose, um, of, of stressful things going on, um, during the pandemic and, you know, 2020, 2020, 2021, like, like I said, it was just, we were just constantly in survival mode. Like it was like, mm. if, if anything yeah. comes in, we need to take it. Like, um, and you don't always, you know, feel great about that because sometimes you're taking on projects. You're like, I have no interest in this, but it's bringing money in. So I need to do it, you know, and luckily um, we made it through to the other side. You did <laughs> for a while there to, to help yeah. your, your business survive, right? Yeah. For a while there it was like, I don't know that we're going to make it to the other side, you know, like, um, like we've gone down in the valley. I'm not sure we're going to make it to the other side. We're going to get out of the valley. Um, and there were, you know, there was a few months there that like, I was like, crap, like, am I going to have to shut the business down and and go, you know, work for someone else, which I really did not want to do. I've been self-employed since I was 14. Mm. Um, I have taken jobs um, working for other people. And I always found that I was kind of miserable doing it. Um, and I think it's, I, I guess I, have kind of a rebellious nature anyway. So I kind of tend to do things my own way, <laughs> which sometimes is fantastic. And other times, uh, it, it creates, uh, problems for yourself. So 
so that that nature so that nature of be able to yeah you are a sort of renegade you like doing things your way how mm. do your team respond and react to to that um they're pretty used to it um i mean I, i've been working with everybody on i mean my team is much smaller now than it used to be it's only there's only three of us um mm -hmm. but we've been working together for 16 years so you know nice. sometimes they're like seth's just doing crazy stuff like we'll see what happens that's just being seth right <laughs> yeah yeah and and then but i also like when i come up with an idea or or something new like i'm not i'm not just like oh this is a great idea like i research stuff i really try to dig into it and, and that's what i did with storytelling like i read almost 50 books in a year on storytelling and i was like so i was able to come back to my team and go okay guys here's why we're going to do this and then explain it out in detail as opposed to just being like storytelling is amazing we should do that and they're like what are you talking about why are we doing storytelling now um so that uh that process of of doing research into into stuff yes i tend to be somewhat rebellious and kind of go my own way but at the same time i i do it with a lot of thought and research <laughs> nice love that approach we were also joking offline about the fact the storytelling is is so amazing for you and your clients as the modality to be able to market their business mm -hmm. it's also the one thing that holds not just agency owners and business owners, but everyone back, the stories we tell ourselves to stop us from doing the scary thing, to stop us from getting outside of our comfort zone. So let's keep on the theme of storytelling. From your experience, uh, maybe sort of more recent, what are the stories that you are willing to share that you you tell yourself that that actually does hold you back, that stops you from growing the business to where it, it could be? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like a lot of people, um, I have imposter syndrome, especially when I'm doing something new, right? Like, so one of the things that I was I was working on last year was I was uh working on YouTube ads and that required me to be in front of the camera, kind of like I am with you now. Yeah. I have no problem talking to people, but if I am just talking to the camera, it feels dead, inauthentic and and so I really struggled with like uh, creating the ads that I wanted to create because I just mm. like, I was like, like a lot of people, I'm like, people are going to laugh at this. They're, you know, they're going to think this is st silly, stupid, whatever. And, um, and so I think what happens is at a certain point, you kind of go, okay, I'm beating myself down and I'm not really getting anywhere and I don't know what to do, you know? And then mm. you, you just kind of, um, you shut down, you know, and, and that was a big struggle for me last year. I want to get back to doing that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this with your clients. Like there's always something else that needs to be attended to. Even oh, though. there's always something else that, that pops up at the right time. Oh, I just got to go and sort this out. I'll, I'll come back to the videos and the scary thing later, but I've got to work on this. Oh, it's another design. It's an account. It's or something else, whatever it might be. So yeah. traditionally for yourself, what, what do you tend to find yourself going towards when you've um, you know what you should be doing. You, you know there's some uncomfort behind it, or some fears or doubts. What, ten, what do you go towards in those, um, in those moments? So when, so when I feel that way, like I, 
I know that like there's resistance there, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to do. So I find that like meditation helps kind of like mm-hmm. slow, slow everything down so I can go, okay, you're being irrational about this. Um, the other thing, uh, so I, I took a, uh, jujitsu, uh, two years ago and that actually was kind of interesting. The way that it helped my life outside of the sport was I started going, you know, what's really hard is not making a video, but having somebody try to choke you while they're pinning you to the ground, <laughs> that's actually more difficult than creating this stupid video over here. <laughs> so if you can do this really hard thing, then this other thing is easier. And so I kind of try to like, um, uh, you know, do a comparison in, in, in a sense mm-hmm. to get my brain to be like, don't freak out about this thing because you can deal with this really hard thing over here. So you should be able to do this easier thing here. So I kind of yeah. try to trick myself in, in that sense. Um, but, um, you know, and I also do, like, I think I, I saw in one of your guys' videos, you talk about like, you tried something, it didn't work. So you go, I guess that doesn't work. I definitely yeah. do that. Um, and that's kind of where I ended up with the videos. Like, you know, we ran ads and we spent a few hundred dollars. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, mm-hmm. but we like, for whatever reason, we tried a lot of different messages. Nothing seemed to click. And mm-hmm. that was frustrating. Cause I'm like, what we do is amazing. It's, it's so helpful. It can help so many other people. It's not yeah. that hard. It, it's actually built into most people to tell stories. They just need to know how to do it the right way. And now I'm frustrated because I'm trying to run these ads and I can't get anybody to, you know, more than a two people to click on them. Um, and what am I doing wrong? And then yeah. that, that kind of creates a spiral of like, well, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to figure this out. Like, how am I going to, you know, do this. If I can't do this, how am I going to do other things? You know, you just, <laughs> oh, and then the, the spiral adds up on other things. And you think yeah. about our, our brain, you know, from the neuroscience that our brain could pick up on all these, all these reasons and stories that we've had in the past. It will find yeah. a reason why, oh, here's oh, yeah. the reason why you need to stop. Here's when you need to go back to this. We can, oh, we're, we're experts in convincing ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Experts in wasting time. I'm pretty sure the dog needs to be watered. Why? I don't know, but it, that's what my brain has decided for this moment. Instead of focusing on this thing, I actually need to get done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then you realize you don't water dogs. You give them water. So there's, you know, it's, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot going on with this. I think everyone at home will be laughing and saying, yep, that's me as well. We all find these, these ways. It's how to, how to catch ourselves in the act mm-hmm. to be able to, Oh, is this, is this feeling familiar? Is this feeling familiar? That's a great question. Once you can catch yourself in the acts and be able to understand, ah, I'm doing this, then we get the chance. I mean, beautiful you know, time with your business. This is all choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Life is a choose your own adventure. You get to choose what path you go down. And sometimes it's a negative path. Other times it can be, oh, I know where this path leads. I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. What do you want? What's stopping you? How can you overcome that? And that third question is where so many people f- fall down. I don't know. So let's just avoid. Right. Cycle yeah. Continues, I've right? definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> you, my friend, are not alone. There's the curse of the of the business owner. Shit, that didn't work. What to do now? Uh, let's avoid it. So- yeah. Well, and there's the other aspect too of like, 
when you're in that leadership position, other people are looking towards you to come up with the right solution, to fix the problem, to take care of things, to save the day, whatever it is. So then, you know, if you try something and you fail at it, you're like, I've let them down too. You know, like when you have multiple people in your business, if, if you, you know, are just a, a solopreneur, then that that's kind of different. But when you have other people who are relying on you for income and work and projects and whatnot, and then you've got that it, and it becomes like a, almost like a second weight around your neck besides mm -hmm. you frustrated with yourself. You're also frustrated because you're letting other people down. And so that's another one that I, um, I would say I struggle with is I don't want to let, let the people that I work with down to me, their family. Right. And, yeah. um, and so that's really important to, to make sure that I'm not only doing the right thing in the business, but also taking care of the people that have, you know, hitch their wagon to mine, if you will. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a lot of pressure to take on because yeah, to, to wrap this up, you are taking on the responsibility, the pressure of your, your clients, not just building them a beautiful website, but conveying the story so that they get more signups, more customers, uh, more retention, um, mm -hmm. more of the right people. Plus now the responsibility of your, of your business, of your employees, mm -hmm. your, your family members, have been with you for i'd say 16 years that's mm -hmm. a lot to take on so all this responsibility all this pressure that is there is the conundrum of the the agency owner there's a lot of pressure on multiple fronts and so it's finding a way to be able to to release this to turn on the release valve of mm -hmm. the pressure cooker in your head right yeah well and it makes you feel lonely too right like you you mentioned that earlier i i like I think a lot of business owners feel isolated because they feel like they have to take on and solve all the problems, whether it's their clients or their team or whatever. And then they also feel like nobody really understands what they're going through and trying to make yeah. these decisions and do right by people. And, um, and, you know, it, it can also be tough. Like <laughs> if you, you know, don't have a partner who supports that, Right. Or doesn't see things or understand the way that, you know, the world that you're living in, what you're trying to deal with. And, you know, so, so that's, that can be another challenge. <laughs> With that, what, so what, what's your go-to? What's your support mechanism? What's, what do you do to cope and manage this, this level for you? Um, well, like I said, meditation, um, I really like the, uh, I like guided meditations, but I, I, you know, I like guided meditations that focus on gratitude. Um, mm you know, there's so many different types of guided meditation and then there's non-guided and, you know, there's like a million different things, but that's yeah. my thing. Um, also jujitsu helps a lot because you can have a really crappy day and then you can, you go to the gym and then have somebody try to kill you, like fold your clothes while you're wearing them. And, you know, a lot of those problems at work really just go right out the window. <laughs> you're not really thinking about them anymore. <laughs> you're focused on, on the person trying to, trying to, kill you um that's yeah that's getting your attention right yeah so yeah. so that kind of helps separate things and then um you know like hobbies is another thing um where like i like to uh produce music um mm -hmm. so i'll go off and and produce music and then i'll kind of get in a flow state and that kind of removes a lot of the other stuff the noise that's going yeah. on and then it, it's like it's almost like I'm off doing this thing. The subconscious is kind of running in the background. And then sometimes I'll come back to that problem and I'll have an answer. 
not always. I wish it was 100%, but it doesn't. <laughs> so those are those are definitely things that I I do um, to kind of like get my mind in the right place or get it out of the place that it's currently in. So going for walks is another thing, riding a bike, you know, um, just getting out, change of scenery. Like yeah, sometimes it's so that, important. But with all yeah. of this, I think it's important to find find a thing that works for you. I said there are so many things out there mm-hmm. that find the right methods that work for you to just give you that that break, that shift, that change your perspective, change your approach, um, and back to the neurological level, change the brain waves, change the neurochemicals mm-hmm. seething through your body because this is all about managing this this body this soup of emotions that we have and, and the thoughts. So I love that you've got your, your go-to ways to try and help manage and cope through this. So, uh, Hey, Seth, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. Thank you for t- telling us about, you know, what you've been through personally and with your business. Um, if people want to find out more about you and your business, where can they find you? Um, yeah. So storyfyagency.com, S-T-O-R-I-F-Y agency.com. Um, and then we also have a book, which you can order through the website if you want to kind of read more about storytelling. Um, a lot of people contact me through LinkedIn. Um, and if you're you know, interested, obviously you can book a call on the website, but um, I'll have people who are just like, hey, I have questions about this or that or whatever, and they'll, they'll ping me on on LinkedIn. So um, I think I'm just linkedin.com slash Seth Erickson. So um, those are usually the best ways to get a hold of me. Super stuff. Well, anyone, if you're interested and this sounds cool to you, go and check it out, get in touch. And Seth, again, thank you so much for for sharing with us. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. See you next time. Bye.